Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, July 13th, 5.30 a.m. Central Time. Higher trade in the markets after a lower trade yesterday. December corn futures up two at 485 and three quarters. November soybeans up 17 at 1344 and three quarters. December Chicago wheat up three quarters of a cent at 653. December Kansas City wheat up one at 808. December spring wheat up four at 863 and a half. We had a USDA report yesterday. I've got a lot to say about it. Why don't we start off there? So USDA reduced its U.S. national corn yield estimate yesterday. The national yield was pegged at 177.5 bushel per acre, down from 181.5 last month. This is the first time that the USDA has reduced the corn yield estimate in July since 2012. The estimate for total U.S. corn production, however, was higher than last month by 55 million bushels due to a larger June acreage number. USDA left all of its demand projections unchanged on the crop U.S. balance sheet and increased demand by a total of 50 million bushels on the old crop U.S. balance sheet. Okay, so USDA did cut the yield. The yield cut was not as large as the trade had expected, but it was substantial. This is a quote direct from the WASD report regarding uh, corn production and the yield estimate. Corn production for 23-24 is forecast up 55 million bushels as greater planted and harvested area from the June 30th acreage report is partially offset by the four bushel reduction in the yield to 177.5 bushels per acre. According to data from the National Centers for Environmental Information, harvested area weighted June precipitation data for the major Corn Belt states represented an extreme downward deviation from average. However, Timely rainfall and cooler than normal temperatures for some of the driest parts of the Corn Belt during July is expected to moderate the impact of June weather. So USDA kind of explaining its logic here. We had a dry June, which uh, hurt crop prospects, but uh, then a much better looking start to July, which kind of helped to moderate crop prospects. When you look at the um, price action here, the market did not like this at all. This is like a death close in Dees Corn yesterday. Went down, made new lows, closed at fresh lows. Uh, when you go through the corn balance sheet and some of the changes that were made, they didn't ch- they, they didn't touch the um, the the new crop demand numbers. All that stuff was left unchanged. There was a bunch of stuff on the old crop um, U.S. Uh, balance sheets that were. Uh, kind of uh, thrown around here. Feed usage increased by 150 million. I guess that was because of the stocks numbers. And then they cut exports by 75, cut ethanol by 25. I don't have any problem with any of that stuff. But uh, this is the, this yield cut I know is probably not enough for a lot of you guys. But I, I guess I understand what USDA is trying to do here in, in terms of uh, the projection. Like, yeah, they lowered it, but they also see favorable July weather. And maybe that helps crop prospects. I don't know if the market uh, absolutely hated this. What about the soybean numbers? So USDA left its U.S. national soybean yield estimate unchanged at 52 bushels per acre. The U.S. production estimate, however, was cut by 210 million bushels due to a smaller June acreage number. USDA solved the production shortfall via a larger old crop carryout estimate and reduced new crop demand projections. As a result, the new crop U.S. carryout estimate fell by only 50 million bushels versus last month. 
Okay, so if you're going to have a problem with USDA and say, USDA, you just screwed us with this report and you manipulated the prices to make them go lower, I think that your argument would be in soybeans. So your carryout that was printed was 300 million bushels for new crop. The trade was looking for 199. And that's why this was seen as being a bearish deal. This was the big change on, on the balance sheet. USDA cut its projection for new crop U.S. soybean exports by 125 million bushels. That's a big cut because if they didn't make that cut, your carryout wouldn't have been 300. It would have been 175, which is incredibly bullish, right? I think the algorithms absolutely trade the carryout number, and I think that's probably why or part of the reason why we sold off yesterday. Now, in regard to that export estimate, you could make two different arguments. Your first argument is USDA fudged the numbers and they solved for carryout and they didn't want to print a number that looked too bullish, right? That's one argument. The other argument is that, you know what? Your new crop book of export sales is absolute trash. It's the worst since 2019. Brazil's projected to have another record crop. Argentina is projected to normalize and we're just not going to have the export business. So you could argue either way here. And, and if you do argue either way, I don't have a problem with either argument. It's really early. I, I know I've talked about how the new crop book of export sales is bad, it's, it, but it's still real early and there's still a lot of time for recovery here. But that's that's the deal. That's what they did. The market didn't like it, but the soybean market uh, has acted better. I mean, the corn market, I said, you know, we had a death close in Deese corn. We went down, posted fresh lows, closed there. You know, the bean chart is different. There's no bean chart. I mean, you could still draw an uptrend line from this May low through this like June, uh, late June low, and, and it still looks all right, whereas corn just does not look as good. What about winter wheat? U.S. winter wheat production was much larger than expected. The U.S. HRW crop was pegged at 577 million bushels, up from 525 million last month. Some indications suggest that late season rain across the southern plains helped improve crop prospects prospects. The SRW crop was pegged at 422 million bushels versus 407 million last month. All U.S. winter wheat production was pegged at 1.2 billion bushels, about 60 million bushels above the average trade guess. I know uh, Lance from USDA was on StatChat on Twitter and kind of indicated that late season rains helped yield prospects. And these are some pretty big bumps in terms of the yield projections uh, state by state. Like you saw increases month over month in like all of your HRW areas for the most part, a um, couple of your SRW areas. I don't know how I feel about this. Let me know how you guys feel about this. I, I know that, um, you know, the Southern Plains in particular were drought stricken all through the growing season. Uh, were those late season rains too late? I don't know. USDA says that they helped. Uh, that's kind of the deal. Hey, guys, um, report day is a good day to be a premium subscriber. So I have um, on report day within 20 minutes of the release, a video sent out with uh, kind of the highlights, like what happened? Why are the markets doing what they're doing? What are the big changes? I think we had a text message out within 60 seconds of the release with the yield numbers and that sort of stuff. Um, also, uh, we're still doing pre-open weather updates. will be through the end of month through the end of July. Uh, this is a video that goes out on Sundays at about 6 p.m. Central. Uh, we'll run through the weather, the forecasts, what it means for the markets on Sundays. If you guys wanna see all of the premium stuff, morning email is packed full of information. Every single business day goes out about 5 a.m. Central. The videos go out at midday. Go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning, 50 bucks per month. Um, sign up with your credit card on your phone. Computer takes like one minute. Cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Uh, give that deal a shot today, guys. So rain fell across large portions of Iowa and northern Illinois yesterday. 
Eastern areas of South Dakota and Nebraska saw lesser amounts. Southern Minnesota, Southern Wisconsin, Northern Indiana, and Michigan also saw rainfall. The rains may have contributed to the weakness in U.S. row crop markets yesterday. Rains over the next 10 days will focus on central and eastern areas of the Corn Belt, in addition to parts of the plains. Western and northwestern areas of the Corn Belt will be drier by comparison. So these rains yesterday, these are a net positive for the crop without a doubt, but they were accompanied by high winds, um, hail, some nasty stuff here and there. But I mean, there were some uh, real decent amounts that fell. I mean, an inch to two inches locally in some of these areas of Iowa, Illinois, southern Wisconsin, far southern Minnesota, parts of Michigan. Um, So this, you know, this doesn't help the bulls cause when you get, I'm not going to call it a bearish report from USDA, but certainly not a certainly not a bullish report from USDA, you know, weather and, and rainfall in July matters a whole lot in regard to crop prospects. So this was seen as being uh, helpful uh, for crops. Absolutely. USDA reported a flash sale of U.S. soybean cake and meal to unknown destinations on Wednesday. U.S. exporters sold 105,000 metric tons of soybean cake and meal to unknown destinations for delivery during marketing year 2023-2024. Since the beginning of the year, the U.S. has sold a total of 430,000 metric tons of soybean cake and meal through flash sales. Yeah, we're going to need to sell a lot of meal because it sounds like we're going to be crushing more beans if we're not exporting them, given this crush expansion. So this isn't a market mover by any means, but I think it's something you're going to be seeing uh, quite a bit more of. Inflation cooled to its slowest pace in more than two years in June. The consumer price index climbed 3% year over year in June, down from 4% in May. Treasury yields plummeted, stocks climbed, and the dollar slid slid following the report. Fed officials are still expected to raise rates to 22-year high at their upcoming meeting, thanks to strong economic activity, specifically a strong labor market. The June PPI report will be released here this morning at 7.37. Central time and is also expected to be friendly with a reading of 0.4%. U.S. dollar index futures are trading uh, below par this morning, which is generally speaking a positive uh, headwind for commodity prices. The Fed is still expected uh, very much so to raise rates here uh, later this month, 92% chance of a hike on July 26th. But after that, the interest rate markets are very much uh, favoring the idea of another pause given this data. The CPI thing, I mean, inflation, the annualized uh, monthly stuff, it's fallen like a rock. 12 consecutive monthly declines. We peaked at 9.1% inflation on the consumer side June of last year. We've fallen for 12 straight months. We're now down to 3%. So the prices... The prices of of this basket of goods and services that the government tracks, it's not going back to 2019. Uh, what this is, it's, this is 3% versus the same period last year. You've got two timeframes. You've got the pre-COVID timeframe. You've got the post-COVID timeframe. Nothing is ever going back to where it was uh, pre-COVID. But we're so far post-COVID now that um, we're, we're comparing inflation versus um, uh, similarly post COVID times. So compared to the same time last year, which was also post COVID, we're still a little bit more expensive in terms of this basket of goods and services, but not a ton. Stock market loves this. The, the wall of worry continues to be climbed here. I don't know what the stock market's going to do, but people are caught off sides here. Uh, everybody was bearish. Everybody thought this bear market would continue and maybe it does, but that was a hell of a close yesterday. Uh, it looks awfully good to me. 
U.S. ethanol production decreased week over week. Weekly output of 1.03 million barrels was down 2.6% compared to last week and down 1.1% versus the same week last year. Ethanol stocks were pegged at 22.66 million barrels. The print was up 1.8% on the week, but down 3.5% compared to the same week last year. Implied gasoline demand decreased 8.8% compared to last week and uh, was down 7% versus the same week last year. On average, over the last four weeks, implied U.S. gasoline demand is up 3.1% versus the same period last year. So USDA did cut its uh, projection for old crop corn demand via ethanol yesterday. Uh, Production margins are pretty good and they'll get better um, as we get closer to this new crop uh, window where there'll be some cheaper cash corn available, or that's the the idea right now anyways. We don't know what the crop's going to be. But um, oh yeah, they did make that adjustment lower, which I think was warranted. We do have an export sales report this morning, guys. This will be out at 7.30 a.m. Central. Old crop corn sales should be 50,000 to 400, new crop 50,000 to 400. Soybean sales for old crop, zero to 300. Expected new crop, 100 to 600. Wheat sales, uh, 50,000 to 550 for the current marketing year. Uh, Cattle got beat up a little bit yesterday. Yeah, cattle futures were down. Uh, Feeder cattle futures closed an average of 120 lower, anywhere from 57 cents to buck 42 lower. Live cattle futures closed an average of 148 lower. They were anywhere from 62 cents to 195 lower. Choice box beef ended the day at 310.98, down a buck 14. Select ended the day at 281.10, that was up 86 cents. Uh, U.S. dollars off again this morning. S&P is up again, up another 15 points. The Dow Jones is up 50. Bonds are up. Gold's up three bucks. Crude oil up 17 cents at 75.91 in the August WTI. Have a great day, guys. We will talk to you on Friday.